at RL Pape. Oh, jeez. You really are only one-tenth as fun. <laughs> Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show slash podcast Too Beautiful to Live. I'm Bobby Pape. On Saturdays, we bring you a look back at a segment from TBTL History with a special guest fan of the show. And you just heard listener Meredith talk with Mike and Christy about the time someone threw a hamburger at Jen Andrews in Taos. So if you haven't listened to our last episode yet, I think it's pretty obvious that you should go back and do so. Today, we're here to bring you your weekly recap of TBTL. And joining us this morning through the haze of a taco time hangover is Christy Wise. Hello, Christy. Hello. (laughs) Also on the line with us this morning, the man who confirmed our schedule for today by sending a link to the James Ingram song, Yamo Be There, featuring Michael McDonald, LRB's (laughs) corduroy voice, Mike Frizzell. Hi, Mike. I like to keep my references uh, really, really up to date. So (laughs) you're welcome. I wouldn't have it any other way. In just a couple of minutes, we'll jump into our week in review, including this week's clip of the week. And then we'll tell you how you can get involved with LRB. But first, some LRB business. Mike, I think we'll start with you uh, with an Emily update. Well, um, if people are wondering why we need an Emily update, uh, you can go uh, to last week's recap where I lay out all the things that – Emily has been going through and and I've been going through with her. We don't have a lot of uh, new information since last week. This week is really going to be the critical week. Uh, we will get the results of her spinal tap. We will also get a new MRI and we see a neurologist on Thursday to, um, to see just what's going on in that noggin. Um, just this quickest recap. She had a... Uh, five greater than five centimeter um, occlusion over right frontal lobe and trying to figure out if it's a tumor or swelling or what it, what it was or is. And we will have, um, we will have a more definitive diagnosis by the end of this week. So we will find out if she's actually truly very sick or if uh, Lloyd Bridges and Abe Vigoda have been trying to uh, trick her into jumping into a volcano by telling her she has a brain cloud. <laughs> I don't know. Could go either way. So, you know, we appreciate um, the the thoughts and the prayers that people have been uh, sending our way. And uh, again, um, thank you to everyone for your support. Well, thank you for the update, Mike. And of course, yes. I know we're all pulling for you guys. If there's anything we can do, you'll let us know. We'll harness the power of the tens accordingly. Um, mm-hmm. I don't actually have any other notes for LRB business, uh, but it's worth noting, Christy, you have power. And Jeremy, or Jeremy are safe yes. and not blowing away or any of that. <laughs> no, but it's pretty it's pretty crazy out here. It looks kind of like Armageddon. Of course, we drove around looking at all of it. Of course. I'm just excited. It's not us. <laughs> well, There's a video on Jeremy's um, Jeremy's Facebook where he went out on a janky dock to just to do it. I saw that video briefly and didn't even realize it was Jeremy. I just assumed that it was like stock disaster footage that he was posting as a joke. No, 
And that was after the storm had was pretty much had done all its destruction. The all worst right. part is, you, I mean, you've probably seen trees that have been uprooted. And I think that's because it's been so dry. We just haven't had rain in so long that they're just ripping out of the ground. It's crazy. So, yeah. But I have heat, so that's good. <laughs> uh, for all Net- of you Netflix who and haven't heat. had power or have had damage, thank you for using what little iPhone battery you had left to download this episode of Little Red Bandwagon. <laughs> we appreciate it. <laughs> One one really bad thing that did happen to us is that the Taco Time truck could not supply the uh, little rabbit turd ice because their power was out. Oh, no. So mm. ice, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so you had an incomplete experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm so oh, sorry. I, I would have called FEMA immediately. <laughs> oh, I said we're going to get a discount, that. right? <laughs> if I get cubed ice in this drink... There's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take it away from the tip is what I said. I can't make a FEMA joke that won't be really sad and offensive on this 10th anniversary week of Hurricane Katrina. So let's move on <laughs> to our week in review. Starting with Monday, episode number 1932, a bird on the shoulder, a ferret in the pocket. This episode starts and has a theme through it of Compton talk opening with the kids bop or kids pop often <laughs> intro. <laughs> um, and then into a tech talk segment, uh, because Luke can't log into his work email or systems to approve his thrive score from his several <laughs> weeks ago job review. Uh, this went into more it and a mention of concur. I think we talked about this on an earlier episode, Christy, you are concur maven. Yeah. And you get a shout out from Andrew for that, actually. Uh, Right. Well, because when he was talking about how he didn't understand how it worked or he was having issues with it, I was just kind of yelling at yelling at my phone. This is what you do, Andrew. And then I told him that at the picnic. uh, Right. At the picnic, the same place where we met the Pomeranian named Steve Nelson. Did you meet it? Meet the dog? I didn't. I, I, if okay. I did, I didn't get name to dog face, which is sad okay. because I would have liked to take a picture with Steve yes. Nelson. Um, but awesome encounter that Luke had with his boss dog, Steve Nelson. <laughs> boss dog. <laughs> Do you I think that it. Pomeranian brags about all its workouts on Twitter, just like the real Steve <laughs> Nelson? Oh, I'm sure. Or it's uh, bowel movements. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> well, it moved something on Luke's arm. <laughs> uh, on to Andrew, who went to see Compton and liked it. But as the TBTL conversation rolled on, and the more he thought about it, and the more he talked about it, the less and less he liked it. Has anyone well, seen it? I yet? actually, I have seen it. Cullen and I went to see it. Um, I, I was excited about seeing it since the moment I heard it was being made. And then I got Cullen a little bit more and more excited as it got closer. And then when he saw what business it did its opening weekend, he sort of falls in love with, um, uh, whatever movies, you know, he thinks everyone else is digging on. So okay. we went to see it and Andrew made some good points. I mean, it is a very engrossing movie and you do sort of, when you step back, you go, well, they did sort of remove themselves from all the all of the worst parts of 
their history. They, they sort of, uh, surgically stepped back during the film. So he makes, makes a good point about that. But what troubled me about the review was how Luke kept tr- trying to jump in, but Luke didn't know really, Luke he hadn't, hadn't seen, seen the movie. <laughs> he hadn't seen it and he doesn't really know the history of NWA. So he kept yeah. <laughs> trying to put words in Andrew's mouth and put plot points into the movie that don't exist in the movie or in real life. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I kept, I kept just saying, Luke, just, you know, let Andrew go on. Usually I want Luke to interrupt Andrew because, you know, he might be telling a 20 minute hot dog story and we need some relief from it. But this particular <laughs> time I wanted him to just let Andrew talk because Andrew was way more qualified to review the movie having seen the movie. Right. And also knowing the history because he was yes. really into that music. Mm-hmm. So we had a slightly informed white man leading a less informed white man in a thorough <laughs> and frustrating uh, <laughs> review of Compton. I do want to see it. I still haven't yet. Me too. Uh, put me in line with all those other white people who want to go see it. Uh, oh, Clip Clop recommends. <laughs> two hooves up. Is that the? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. On to my top story, uh, Wizfa getting arrested or at least detained or at least harassed by cops at LAX for riding his quote unquote hoverboard through the airport. Um, anyone else? I think I was on a list of people who was pissed. Uh, I knew it couldn't be a real <laughs> hoverboard, but I was very disappointed to find out it's just a Segway with no handlebars. Yeah. Why are they calling it that? Is that how they market it? Yes. Or is that just what the media... Really? I think so, yeah. I think that it's sort of called that, you know, because a self-balancing skateboard would be a dumb name. Yeah, I'd, I was so confused as to if that was the media calling that or if it was the, um, if that's what they actually call it. That's really dumb. I tried to look this up and all I found was a bunch of YouTube videos of people crashing on these things, <laughs> which actually is pretty funny. But, you know, it's not the easiest thing to balance. And it's just a confirmation that I should never own one because I would die. <laughs> yeah. I the, only, the only place I've seen them is on uh, – is like d- during the NBA finals, uh, one of the players would, was coming in and out. I think um, – oh, shoot. He's the guy on the Cavaliers who's – J.R. Smith was coming in and out of the games on one of those. And then I've seen during hard knocks uh, – Probably the biggest jerk on the team. Um, he's a linebacker and uh, he, he rides one of those. So the biggest jerk on the Cavaliers and the biggest jerk on the Houston Texans are using the quote unquote hoverboard. That's enough for me. That's enough evidence for me that it's stupid. <laughs> that you want one. Oh, stupid. Um, well, okay. So besides the fact that they messed up the name of this and it's really stupid, um, why does he get to ride this in the in the airport? Well, I think he doesn't, and that's the lesson learned. Because okay, because he thinks he can, but the airport, you know, cops or whatever think he can't. Because I thought this was being sold as um as like a racial thing. Am I wrong? Did I miss the point of the the article? I wouldn't be surprised if Wiz Khalifa framed it that way. 
Okay. But I, I think that the cops were more just thinking, no, you can't ride your hoverboard in the airport. Yeah. Well, right. when they stopped right. him and that, then all the white guys, like One Direction, they all went by on their hoverboards. It seemed unfair. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Oh, but they're all He's like, look at that guy and that guy and that guy. Come they're on. Going in different directions. Don't you follow the news? <laughs> oh, but, I mean, boy. That's a good one, actually. This is like one of the, um, the best thing that's happened to this guy, right? I mean, we haven't heard from him in a little bit. Yeah. Right. It got Wiz Khalifa back in the news. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He slipped all the cops hundreds after. He's perfectly happy to get the headlines. <laughs> but um, so now I just, um, is hoverboard like a, a name of the company or is it the product? No. I'm just really upset about this. Now that, that I know the details, I'm upset. <laughs> I'm Tuesday upset I about I think they've this. just, uh, they've just, <laughs> claimed that name for themselves. They've just misappropriated the word hoverboard. So I'm looking at this picture of him and it seems to be a gold plated hoverboard that he's in or whatever this thing is. I don't even know what it is. So what it said is he, you know, the police told him to get off of it, this gold plated thing that he's texting while he's doing it. And then he apologized, but then he got back on. Well, he got the uh, drug dealer package on this thing. It looks like rented rims on this thing. This is really a beautiful, beautiful uh, segue. Hoverboard. Right. Oh, right. Hoverboard. Right. Sure. It's uh, hovering. I want a uh, rascal scooter and people judge me, but Wiz Khalifa has hoverboard and everyone thinks it's awesome. Uh, you'll you'll be in that rascal uh, scooter soon enough, Bobby. If you keep going to that restaurant you went to yesterday, it's a commercial for the Nordic Lodge. You'll die and think you went to food heaven, or you mm. think you'll die, something like that. You'll think you've died and gone to food heaven. I can't imagine walking out of that place after all the food pictures you sent me, all the different things you're eating. I couldn't imagine walking out of that place without feeling terrible. No, you do. I was actually talking to people about this yesterday. So for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, this has nothing to do with hoverboards, although <laughs> people in this restaurant could probably benefit from them because walking is hard there. Um, there's this restaurant in Rhode Island that's basically a Vegas-style buffet without the casino, and it's called the Nordic Lodge. And we went with some friends yesterday for a friend's birthday, and it's all you can eat lobster and seafood and prime rib and on and on. And I was inundating Mike with pictures of my plates um, yes, you go happy and you leave depressed about your life and humanity in general. <laughs> and your choices, yeah. And there are people, right, does, and there are people. How, it's how much does this cost? $91 a person. Holy Is that, fuck uh, shit. That's a lot. Or, <laughs> that, that's after tax. And then okay, it, is there a tipping on top of that? A tip is built in. Oh, it's built in. Okay. D okay. No. Bobby, 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 Bobby. Let me it's talk about bad. this for a second. From what I saw. No, it it's <laughs> terrible. Sam, there's no way Sam can eat $91 worth of food. No way. Right. So It's not worth it for her. So Sam had zero lobsters, but she had a lot of the, the prime rib beef offerings and some other things and a lot of the other seafood. Uh, they, they shuck to order on the buffet for mussels and clams and steam clams and all that stuff. Um, and then Juan, the birthday boy who we were with ate four lobsters. And so it sort of balances out on the table a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I feel like buffets shouldn't charge a flat rate. It should be like per pound of the person. Well, you're just saying that because you don't train properly. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I I just don't think that even with all the prime rib that she ate $91 worth of food. Well, no, but part of it is the experience. You get to eat like 40 different things prepared. Oh, sure. She gets to watch well. you eat 20 pounds of food and she gets to watch your friend eat four lobsters. That's, <laughs> I would pay <laughs> nothing for that experience. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, this was not my idea, actually. We've gone once before. We went last year with Juan and his uh, wife. And Juan wanted to go back this year for his birthday. I would have been hey, happy not going it, again. It was just an experience. It, it doesn't but. matter whose idea it was to go there. <laughs> that restaurant exists because of people like you. Whether or not it was your idea, that restaurant exists because you are you and Juan is Juan. And you can't you can't take yourself away from blame for making that <laughs> restaurant possible. I would say that 90% of the business at that restaurant is actually busloads. When we got there, there were two busloads of people just finishing up. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a tourist experience. I argue that uh, Juan and Pape are the reasons that place is going to shut itself down. People like Sam keep it in business. Oh, right. She's an enabler. (laughs) She ate $15 worth of food but paid $90. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a good point. The people that join 24-Hour Fitness and go every day, they don't keep it in business. Right. Right. It's the people who have to never go again. membership card. But they- <laughs> what I'm curious about is what is the difference? Like when they bus some people in, What? give me a name of a town that they, they would bus people in from. <laughs> I, I don't know. I really have no idea where these people come from. I don't know if they're church groups or – you know, like they're the, old though. Let's say the let's talk about that they're old people. Like I was just about to say, the people who go to the casino and then maybe they do this too as another event. But no, the oh, group gotcha. there was um, all ages, a lot of families. Um, I don't know, hmm. but it was some annual trip, and they just they're only open in the summers. They're only open on the weekends, and this so, is what they do. Let's say let's say they're busing these people in from sixty miles away. And they, they, they bust down to the Nordic Lodge and I, I would just, I would implore the, the bus driver to take down the mileage and, and mm-hmm. then when he fills the tank back up, you know, <laughs> take the mileage on the way back and see, see how much worse the mileage is on the trip home. How many, That's a, because you're pr- basically carrying about five more people on the way home, right? Right. I, That's smart. It was worth it. It's a good experience. Uh, once a year is about all I think I can handle, and I'm going to be eating raw vegetables and lean chicken breast for the next week. So, did you eat anything when you got home last night? No, that and was I, it for the day. And I only ate a little bit of breakfast. This was kind of like a holiday meal, so it was a dinner. But we ate dinner at like four o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a light breakfast yesterday, and then all of that. <laughs> and a, I, sen- a sensible right. breakfast, steak for <laughs> lunch. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and now I've hardly eaten today either. So, well, you, from what I saw, you should be hibernating. So I don't even think <laughs> <laughs> we did spend a little time outside after they've got a, a sort of lounge area and chairs and hammocks and places to flop out after places to un- unbuckle your pants. Right. 
Uh, they also have a volleyball net, and there were a couple of people playing <laughs> volleyball, and we just looked at them, and I just thought, well, they haven't eaten yet. Right. <laughs> They're clearly They're waiting ready. for their table. <laughs> We've spent more time talking about this than we did about Wiz Khalifa, so oh. let's get back to our Monday review. After the sure. hoverboard incident, Andrew decides that he would like a pair of rollerblades. <laughs> which leads to a conversation about a guy who is apparently recognizable enough in one of Seattle's local jogging areas. Which lake was it? I don't remember. Green Lake. Green Lake. This mm-hmm. guy, fanny pack, speaker blaring out of fanny pack, rollerblades, uh, hockey stick, tennis ball guy. Oh, yep. yeah. Yep. I've seen him. Right. <laughs> Um, I haven't seen him, but I feel like I have. I feel like I close my eyes and I can see who you're talking about. Cut off jean shorts, tank top. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when, uh, Bobby, whenever I see one of these people in public, like doing um, something quasi athletic, like they're, they're puck handling or they're dribbling a ball. I just want to like reach in and ruin it. You know, like I get competitive. <laughs> Like, I'm going to steal that ball or I'm going to knock that guy off the puck, you know? That guy's only had one tennis ball for the last 25 years. If you steal it, he's not going to know what to do with himself. <laughs> I'm not going to steal it. I'm just going to – I'm I'm going to wait till he's, like, skating by one of the uh, bathhouses and I'm just going to check him right into that thing. He won't even know what happened. <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised an overeager dog hasn't chased that ball. Yes. Taking him down. That's true. Although, who knows what's coming out of that loudspeaker? It probably scares away. Yeah. I I think it's probably rude. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm uh, surprised that Luke missed his chance of playing the hardest part of rollerblading is telling your parents you're gay. Drop. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, you know he's more enlightened than he was in the olden days. I guess so. Well, Andrew wanted to get rollerblades too. This I know I said last week that uh, Andrew's dad is a dad bro and that uh, Andrew was fired in a cannon away from that tree. But he every once in a while he creeps back toward that tree because he wants rollerblades. He, he's, a, he's a road rage guy. So he does have some bro in him, I think. There was an awkward conversation about whether or not he should get Roller skates instead of inline skates. I I don't even I can't imagine somebody roller skating down the street anymore. It just seems no. oh it happens it happens up in Everett it happens men everywhere around Greenlight. I mean we have a really big um, roller derby population. Oh right, and oh, that's right. made it pretty popular. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. So Andrew, let us know when you've gotten your roller skates and your tattoos and your punny <laughs> name. Yes. And we'll all come out and support you. I would watch that. Yep. Uh, and this was also the rollerblade guy, the hockey stick tennis ball guy. That brought us, what was the runner-up for the clip of the week this week? Da fa? And then the verb da-fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Aiden? Uh, the other news story from Monday, uh, the Pennsylvania Attorney General in court pulls a sister switch to avoid getting camera attention on her. And it works sort of. Uh, And Luke appreciates this because he is an ever 
present fan of trick plays. As apparently is Genevieve, uh, coach Genevieve, I guess would call a trick play on every play, which I think is sort of a flawed way of coaching because after like your fourth trick play, it's not a trick play anymore. These are your plays. <laughs> <laughs> and a trick play, I guess would be just line up normal after that. But, um, I, I think, I don't know, Monday show, the, I think Luke embarrassed himself a little during the review of Straight Out of Compton. And he also embarrassed himself a little bit in this discussion because he brought up, uh, I think, um, Andrew brought up the story of the coach that doesn't punt. There's a high school coach. I think he's in Arkansas that doesn't punt, never punts. Right. And he, I think he always onside kicks as well, but he's been doing this for like five or six years and winning championships. And these guys acted like this just came out. Like this is a breaking story. Right. Um, and I, I expect Andrew not to know this stuff, but Luke had to know that this story has been out for a long time. I did enjoy the, the sports discussion. I always do that. I always enjoy it, but I'm, I'm thinking that this, this season, um, the TBTL, what is it? Uh, extra pointless. What's the sports show? The, the no point conversion. Right, right. The right. okay, Extra the no point version should be hosted by me and Stubot this year. They should just hand it over <laughs> oh. on Friday, and we can do it because I co-signed that idea. Luke knows Luke knows a lot about sports, but he doesn't. He he can't go too far in deep. And then when Andrew's lost, Luke is not a, a shepherd for him. Right, right. Um, somebody posted in the Stens page. I saw it briefly before it got buried by Trump memes the chart of when to go for it on fourth down. I'm always interested in that stuff, but yeah, that's not particularly news either. Uh, and of course in the NFL, nobody's got the, the yeah. guts and the affirmament from their ownership to do that. Right. Uh, right. Those are, those are really difficult to acquire jobs. There's 32 of them in the right. world and <laughs> these guys aren't, aren't going to like, put their nuts on the chopping block every week to go for it on fourth and 14 from their own six. Right. Unless you're Bill Belichick, but I was wondering, and I say that as a Bills fan, Pats can go eat it. Uh, they lost their fullback this week though. So I'll be nice to them. Um, <laughs> I, the thought I had about the high school team was, do you think they have a punter? Is there some 16 year old pimple faced, really sad kid suiting up and just sitting on the bench for that high school football team every year? I, I don't think they, I don't think they would have one, but I think if I didn't, if I was a kid at that high school and I didn't have the talent to actually play football, I would just turn out and just call myself the punter. Oh, there you go. That's a free pass. You get to wear the uniform, talk to the girls and you don't actually Mm -hmm. have to, that was always my thought. If I was going to play football, I'd want to be like the third string quarterback. Right. Right. Where, where no shower involved. Right. If I didn't have such a fear of being kicked, I could be the placeholder for extra points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think you got to get over that pretty fast. You have to trust the kicker to not miss by a foot and a half and kick right. you in the shoulder or head. <laughs> uh, our Buffalo Bills have a have a uh, kickoff specialist. That's pretty similar. Like your job is to you don't even have to score points. Yeah. You just go out there and kick the ball as hard as you can. And that's it. That's all you do on the roster. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is a, that is a skill though. I mean, you have to be very strong. Um, and you also have to be ready to pretend to try to tackle a guy who gets loose. 
That's true. <laughs> you have to be ready to attempt to feebly throw yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> like like any kicker's ever been good at that ever. Uh, just before we do the email for Monday, I want to mention there was noise outside on the recording. At one point, we get a construction noise. At some point, we get a chopper. Uh, we get emergency sirens. I've surmised from this that the village people are sabotaging TBTL. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a soundboard because they were just coming one after the other. I thought they were yeah. well, what I thought with us was a little bit. Yeah, what I thought was funny about that is that they've spent so much time talking about being worried about hearing noise that we've never actually heard. Right. But this day they just let it fly. <laughs> Anything went. I'm telling you, just well, the keep whole, listening. The whole week was noisy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not one to talk. I've got the windows closed in my office because apparently there's an accident down the street right now. But my point is, if you end up hearing an Indian chief, somebody text me, <laughs> call me. <laughs> Because I got a checklist going, and that's one of the only ones left. It's like bingo, TBTL bingo. Yep. Our email for Monday, uh, is it listener Darren wrote in suggesting that the show sheets that Luke tirelessly types up every day and then wastes a tree to print uh, could be swag in the next TBTL-a-thon? And how much, <laughs> how much would you pay to get a TBTL show sheet? I, I have a lot of jokes here. I, I tried to make Me some too. jokes about mm -hmm. this on the Saturday mm -hmm. show, and they were cut. So I yes. will not be making yeah. any more jokes about the show sheet. Me either. All right. <laughs> on to Tuesday, 1933, keys to the squad goals. Uh, we start the show with Andrew talking about a scam experience. He gets a phone call from a scammer claiming to be from Microsoft, wanting Andrew to check his computer for... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know, viruses or something. And Luke's immediate response is to respect the scammer for their grind. <laughs> I mean, I, I know you're not supposed to salt another man's hustle, but I feel like that only goes so far. Well, as I say, Bobby, the dream is free. The hustle is sold separately. So go to work, scammers. I want to know how often it works for them. I mean, it has to work <clears throat> some of the time, right? Yeah. Right. Is it like a car dealership where if you sell a few cars a week, you know, the the volume is low, but the payoff is fairly high? Well, what I kind of like yeah. is that uh, there there's clearly a hierarchy. I mean, there's there there's are a, a bunch of people out in the out in the bullpen and they're selling the scam. And then when you call for a manager, they've got a manager and I imagine he has a boss and imagine they have meetings like, Oh, what's the scam this week? You know? Okay. Well, let the team know that this is what we're doing. And you know, somewhere there's a whiteboard and they got all the scammers in a, in rows and they're teaching them the scam. And I, I appreciate it. Like, like Luke says, it's a, it's a grind. They're doing their thing. Well, do you think that this call center, that's all they do is, is different internet scams or do they also like troubleshoot your cell phone? You know what I mean? Like depending mm. on which section, I mean, what company is this that's doing this? That's an interesting thought. I had an, it's an actual call center somewhere and in their downtime, they just do this. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's no incoming calls. Days for for the for the Toshiba <clears throat> laptop right yeah. now so let's go ahead and do some outgoing scam <laughs> scam calls and um, depending on what the hierarchy is if you're a terrible employee you either take incoming or outgoing calls mm -hmm. like it's a it's a punishment 
Hey, when I worked in the orchestra world, we had a, a sales room in our building. We didn't outsource most of our sales calls. We did it from our office. And basically, you got hired. They'd hire anyone. But if you didn't close a subscription sale in two weeks, you were out. Mm-hmm. No no steak knives, nothing. You were gone. So, <laughs> you know, it's a cutthroat world. They got to make the, the close them where they can. Uh, we'll pick it up more tomorrow, actually, because okay. uh, Luke and Andrew do a little role play for us. But first, some more notes from Tuesday. Uh, I think it was Luke who made reference to Total Recall being the defining movie for what he calls three boob syndrome. Mm. <laughs> and I completely understood what he meant the minute he said it. Me too. I, I Me don't too. remember <laughs> anything about total recall except the chick with three boobs. Uh, and I think they were saying in that case, in reference to who framed Roger rabbit. Um, I meant to think about more movies that qualify with these things, but I really can't come up with any because I'm so distracted by the thought of a chick with three boobs. Well, I, I do remember one other thing from that movie and that was when, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like he, they took his, uh, his space helmet off and he was on, on the surface of Mars and his eyes started to bulge out of his head. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and oh. I like to think that he was looking at a picture of three boobs <laughs> when they did that effect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get some keys to the show, which we're now calling squad goals. I think there's supposed to be a hashtag in front of that. I mentioned, I feel like on a previous show, I don't know what a squad goal is. Um, I guess we should have some as a group of friends. I think that's something we're supposed to do. Um, there's a joke about market distress. And then Luke quickly drifts into a dream for an impromptu dream court session. But I don't remember it. Do you? Uh, well, you're asking you're asking a guy who uh, who has campaigned against Dreamcatcher exactly because it's completely unmemorable, right? So. There was Did they mention, actually get to it? I don't remember, but there was a mention to Hydrox cookies, which made me think of you, Mike. Oh, cookies? oh, yeah. Because I'm a cheap bastard, and sometimes I get up on my Hydrox horse. Right. Nobody cares that Hydrox cookies came first. Nobody. No, no, no. they don't. Who cares it? It's all about who did it best, right? Right. Mm-hmm. In other things uh, that are unmemorable from Luke, he has plantar fasciitis and is walking more than ever despite it. <laughs> can I can I tell you something about this? Because I also have had it in the past. As mm-hmm. soon as he said it, I instantly uh, got anxiety for him about the amount of people that are going to tell him what to do. Oh, God, yes. The e- I could hear the emails coming in and the Facebook. Luckily, he's not on Facebook. <clears throat> he got away with that. Right. But, oh, my God. And But I did love that he preempted it by saying, before you say anything, I got orthotics. Right. Right. <laughs> but then, of course, my because I have done all of those things that people have sent him of to to try to do to, to make it better. I just wanted to write to him and be those people and say, don't wear the orthotics. They're making it worse. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Luke would be perfectly happy if you sent all of those suggestions and tips to lburbank at infiniteguest.org <laughs> or whatever his infinite guest it's... email inbox is. Yeah, someday he'll get remember the password. <clears throat> yeah. It probably is carry proof, this password. 
Exactly. Um, Andrew, not one to be outdone with stories nobody cares about, plays a slideshow about a piece of fruit that is both an apple and a pear, but there's no audio to the slideshow. It's just music. Right. There's no explanation of what I'm calling a papple. I don't Mm. remember what the actual name was. Purple? Purple? Apple? I want one. Sure. Why not? Sounds good. Uh, To our top story, the Vollmer twins voyage. Uh, There are some elder twins in, was it Brooklyn? Of course it was. Something like Mm -hmm. that. Looking for a crew to pilot them on a ship they don't own yet around the world on the oceans until they die. (laughs) And this opened up a pretty deep conversation about how everyone wants to go. But this sounds like something that Jeremy would want to get involved in. He exactly. loves getting involved in other people's really dumb schemes. Yep. I mean, just the fact that they had uniforms made me want to do it. It sounds really fun. <laughs> I don't remember anything about the uniforms except 13 buttons. They were very strict about that. They, I think that that was the traditional Navy pants. Ah, right. I think once they I see just, Jeremy's C-3PO outfit, they'll they'll allow it. They'll allow him to wear that. Mm-hmm. Well, I just love that they're already talking about um, what are they called? Um, in person fees or whatever. Oh, appearance fees! Right, they're going to pull into port, and people are going to pay them to come see what the hell is going on yeah. on this ship. I would pay. Wouldn't you guys pay to go take a look? I mean, not you, Mike, because you're cheap, but yeah, I wouldn't, you just wouldn't. spent $90 I'd pull, for I'd pull up a, a lobster. next to the dock as close <laughs> as I could. With binoculars. And then just look from my windows of the RV and open and see what I could see. Something tells me I'd Carol Gibbs' parents are fine with that. They would be with you. They would be right there with you. We'd be going together. Do you think they put a folding chair up on top? Because that was my first thought. Yeah. To, to see over the fence. <sighs> Yeah, like bleacher bums, but but for uh, really played out uh, musicians, right? Instead of the Cubs. I love Huey Lewis, uh, but we'll get there. A follow up <laughs> on the hoverboard story. Surprise! It's not a hoverboard. <laughs> no, it's not. And then we do a Facebook <laughs> recap uh, where Andrew tells Luke the things he's been missing by not being on Facebook. Obviously, the best thing about this was the throwback, not Thursday picture that Andrew posted of Tony. Mocking, killing Andrew with a giant knife. <laughs> yeah, Tony. Tony seemed like from all Andrew's stories. Tony seemed like such a great friend. Yeah, and and that picture really shows how loyal and wonderful friend he was to Andrew. Wait, can can you guys remind me? Refresh my memory. Is Tony the one that's like mildly racist and sexist now that he still texts with? I lose um, track. Yeah. The one that said the grocery getter and Andrew got really upset. Oh, oh, right. Probably. Yeah, I'd have to think. It's a short list. And also, given Andrew's <laughs> memory, all of his friends are probably some sort of composites anyway. anyway. Right. I think I've heard mentions of Tony at times throughout his life that seem like completely different people. Right. Was there more than one Tony? I think there was. Oh, no, there was two Andrews. Cool Andrew. Remember that story? Andrew Walsh. Yeah. Yeah. And he heard Tony saying on the phone, no, I'm not with cool Andrew or 
something like that. <laughs> well, for those of you who haven't seen the picture, it's it's not cool, Andrew. In fact, it looks like uh, <laughs> if a young Elmer Fudd had Corey Hames glasses from from the <laughs> early eighties. Uh, his hat kind of coordinates with his shirt, but not yeah. so it does. This does, and that's not helping. Right. Do you know what's really funny is that uh, I would have had a crush on Andrew. Oh, you would have. Of course you would have. Of course you would have. Are you saying you, Can you imagine the size now? of that man's calves? Well, I do now <laughs> as well, but I'm just saying that I, I definitely would have just because him talking about how he knew that hat wasn't cool, but he yeah. wanted to wear it. That that was definitely, and you would have made friends with him, Christy, and then you would have comfortably transitioned into a relationship without ever going on a with date. Tony. <laughs> yeah, right. Or or started dating Tony. That was also another move. I or had. you would have made, you would have made out with Tony on Andrew's bed, yeah. which is another oh, story. Right. Told on takedown podcasts. Before exactly, you know it, I would. Oh God. I'm just imagining that before you know it, you're sitting on a van car seat in a college dorm room under a bed. With ketchup stains everywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you're just there. You've just made yourself a part of his life. That yes. sounds hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> my only other note from Thursday was actually, Tuesday, excuse me, was uh, from a commercial. And it comes up a few times, but Luke actually has a bit of wisdom, which is to never wash the wine glass you've been using. And that's a mistake I have made before as well. Why? What is that? I don't drink wine. What does that mean? Like you don't yeah. rinse it out and try to put it in the dishwasher because you're going to break it in some part of the process? Because you're drunk. Well, yeah, right. Right. But I, right. Okay, just so leave you it. Just, set it in the sink. Just deal with it, it in the morning. Put it on the counter. Okay. Deal with it later. Never wash the wine okay. glass you've been using because you polish off your second bottle of wine and then you think, oh shit, I better clean this up. Oh, and yeah. Then you break things. Mm -hmm. Well, I never understood the um, physics of a wine glass anyways, because, you know, it's tall. Same with martini glasses. Thin, thin stem, and then a big bulky thing at the top. When you're <clears throat> drunk, that's just stupid. Yeah. yeah. Ma uh, martini glasses are, are bullshit. As a Manhattan drinker, I spill all over myself all the time with a mm -hmm. martini glass. Um, wine glasses are, you know, meant to keep the heat of your hands off your drink which is why I don't like stemless wine glasses. If you're just not going to use a stem, then you might as well just drink out of a pint glass like your mom. Yeah, like my mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, what What do you find? Your mom is the biggest wine drinker you know, Christy. What sort of stemware does she use when she's taking a pull out of the, out of the box of wine in her trunk? <laughs> oh, it's either a pint glass or it's a one of those um, things you would put coffee in. Like a tumbler? A travel mug? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, travel mug. Yeah, hey, that's okay. for it's got a road soda. On it. it insulates. It actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm sure your mom is deeply concerned with getting the temperature that it's served at just right. Hmm. Well, she drinks um, also, I, I don't know if people would actually call this wine. It's um, white Zinfandel Sutter Home. So it's pink. <laughs> oh, a blush. Right. It's a blush. Is that what it's called? White Zinfandel. Rosé, I don't know. It's technically those names technically wine. Seem, yeah, it's those names seem a little too fancy for what this shit is. It's like mm -hmm. Kool-Aid for adults. Mm. Right. Uh welcome new sponsor to Little Red Bandwagon Sutter Home Winery. <laughs> Sutter Home Wine. <laughs> 
St. Helena, California. <laughs> we'll see if they'll host our uh, parking lot get together next year. Okay. I like it. Uh, to Wednesday, 1934. Buckle up for some unarticulateness. Uh, Luke is staying at the W Hotel in Seattle because he has tricked someone into hiring him to be on a panel to talk about something. I don't remember what. How to be unreasonable in unreasonable times. Well, of course. I, the panel discussion. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> I love that he still wears the goddamn sweater. <laughs> you think he'd be ashamed. And then to have this sweater with the Oregon Banking Association or whatever. Well, yeah, because that story gives me anxiety because um, I think everybody fell down on that thing. I think his agent fell down. I think the agent mm -hmm. uh, who passed it off to the agent who books those things fell down because they didn't pass any expectations along to Luke. It, I think everyone just assumed that everyone else knew what they were doing and they right. assumed that Luke knew what kind of event this was and that he had to bring so, some yeah. sort of show to it and a, some sort of coherent speech that actually had some application in the business world. And mm -hmm. he didn't. And he ended up being humiliated and all he got was a cool shirt out of it, but. And a paycheck. Um, I, forget about the paycheck. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, but that paycheck, I mean, getting that gig and getting paid for that gig probably killed him for those kind of gigs for a while. Um, it would have been better for him not to get that gig, I think, in the long haul. But <laughs> yeah, um, but he got because you don't want story out of it. You don't want to bomb like that out out there. Is what I'm saying, right? No, and and un unlike every other time in his life, Luke is blameless in this story. Yeah, they should have they should have told him what to do, and yeah. and then it would have been his choice whether to come completely unprepared because his his default setting is to come unprepared. Right. So right. if you want anything else from Luke, you're going to have to tell him, you know? <laughs> so I, yeah, I put that on those guys. Well, that's um, just a bad agent. Right. Yeah. Um, we get a letter from a former listener, which is something that I feel like <laughs> would have happened in the olden days. We had a recent clip. You know what it was? It was the clip from the last Saturday show. I listened to the whole episode because it was just really good and I couldn't stop listening to it. And toward the end, Luke is alone and he's just um, shitting all over listeners, giving him feedback. <laughs> he literally at one point says something to the effect of, uh, thank you for this letter. Now I'm going to tell you where I was wrong. And then I'm going to tell you where you were wrong. <laughs> bad on me, bad on you. Actually, I think is the way he phrased yeah. that. And so Andrew reads a letter from a former listener who's sick of Andrew's antics because Andrew is so annoying. And then Luke eats on his boat and calls it a show. <laughs> he has a point. Yeah. TBTL's you know, stop, stop him when he's wrong. So right. TBTL is not for everyone. So farewell, former listener. Um, and speaking of people being oversensitive, we didn't talk about it. Uh, while talking about Tuesday show because there were just so many other notes. I missed it, but uh, they played the Satan Satanist tape from Tuesday and then talked about whether or not it went too far with that ridiculous actor guy obsessing over the statue. I don't know. Yeah. Do you, well, do you guys think it 
it went over. I mean, it was obvious. Why can they never tell when something's obviously fake? <laughs> right. That's <laughs> oh, the minute I heard it, I knew it was just somebody fucking with a reporter. Of course. Right. right. That guy. That guy's too funny and too sharp to be a Satanist. Sorry, Satanists. Right, and and just the the tone of his voice, and it was just all right there. Yeah. Right. I don't know. It's. <laughs> um. On to the important part of Wednesday, which is that Andrew got another call from the Microsoft scammer. And because he happened to be bored at the laundromat, strung him <laughs> along for a little while. <laughs> but not as long as he would have wanted to, which led Duke, Duke playing the role of the scammer in a little bit of classic TBTL role playing. Uh, Jeremy, why don't we hear the clip of the week? Uh, Luke and Andrew role playing the scammer call. Okay, let's let's do a little role playing. Okay, mm-hmm. I am the I'm the supervisor. Okay, mm-hmm. um, uh, hey there. Uh, I've I've been told that you're thinking this is a scam. This is really not a scam. Well, you're already so much better at this than he is. Just kind of grunt a hello. Mm. Oh, hi there. Hello. Mm. So, uh, uh, supervisor, it's not a scam. <laughs> you're the scammer, right? How is the scam going today? Not, it's not a scam. Also, I'm the guy from Sling Blade. <laughs> For some reason. I enjoy your work, Billy Bob Thornton, but not the way you treat CBC oh, what? hosts. You think you're, you think you're always right? You think, you think you're, you know everything. Again, sorry, I'm mm-hmm. using probably more proficient English, but how's my right. Hindi? <laughs> Terrible. You think you're God? You think you're Jesus? And then I was, and I did say this, I said something along the lines of, Oh, you know what? You're right. You clearly are from Windows. But he didn't get to hear that because he hung up on it. Oh, man. I wonder then if you would have drawn him (laughs) – excuse me. A lot of pollen in this hotel room apparently. Uh, I wonder if you would have drawn him back in with that. Maybe. I I I wonder if he understood sarcasm. I got to say like my my conversation – like I was so – bored and happy to talk to these people that i was like laughing you know i was laughing and kind of i was in a not fake way being kind of very friendly towards right. them because you also were in blood. no danger I was, so i was just kind of like oh i'm sorry you clearly are from windows like mm. something like that um but i realized i think as i said the word windows that i heard a click and it was gone only a little bit of offensive accent from luke <laughs> <laughs> i think we're continuing to see <clears throat> Andrew as aggressive guy. Um, this time he didn't have to roll up his window when someone jumped out of a truck, but he he's sort of enjoying confronting people lately, uh, calling them on their shit either by tailgating them or by saying, how's the scam going? Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I actually have a story about this. Um, this was before like soundboards were – getting really, you know, useful online. Like, um, I think there may have been just a couple soundboards, but, uh, my ex-wife sent me some stuff from New Orleans. One of them, they, they used to have these little items with, that had like five buttons on them. And one of them was called a Cajun in your pocket. And you press a button and it says something that a Cajun would say. And then she also sent me one that was Mr. T. So I had a Mr. T in your pocket. And I was just a couple years out of, prison and had no money, in fact, was still paying a lot. 
and I would get calls from the UW Alumni Association. You know, they want, <laughs> they're, they're trying to collect money from me and I'm, you know, I don't have it. Right. But they kept calling like every night, a, a, a young woman or a young man would call, you know, they have these work study jobs and that's what they do. And they would call and I would tell them, uh, no, sorry, you know, don't have it, whatever. And I just got tired of doing it. And, and so I stopped answering, but then one day I had this, this Mr. T in your pocket and I knew what every button said. So I picked it up and they asked, you know, if they had the right person, like said my name or something. And then one of the buttons said, uh, first name, Mr. Middle name, (laughs) middle name, period. Last name T. And so I hit that and the person laughed and then they asked another question and, and I would hit another button in response to that. And they asked another question and I got them laughing. And this was a, a woman. She was, she, she was laughing and eventually I hung up cause I kind of played it out. I mean, how many times can you play th- these things? But they called right back and it was a dude this time. And I could hear the girl in the background because she had <laughs> told him to call this number. Right, right. <laughs> to get the Mr. T treatment. So I give him, I give him that. And then, uh, I hang up after a couple minutes and then I get another call. And this time I can tell it's the supervisor and the two, the two others are sitting there listening and laughing uh, too. Cause now we're on speaker. <laughs> and so I'm just saying, Andrew, it doesn't have to be confrontational. You can have fun with the people. You can make it fun for everyone. Those folks, uh, over there in Pakistan or India or wherever they have. Maybe they you can brighten their day. Get a soundboard up and just start messing with them, you know? And that work-study student had to transfer to community college after being fired from his work-study job and not being able to afford his tuition at the end job. So they, Look what they you've couldn't done, get a Mike. magazine Look subscription. They couldn't get a college subscription right. sold. <laughs> you ruined a college student's life with your mm-hmm. stupid play. Actually, that's amazing. I, yeah, I that's to- awesome. <laughs> I had some pretty terrible work study jobs, but they were a lot nerdier and I think I would have had a lot more fun just calling people screwing around. <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell you the one of the five things that it said was shut up fool. So whenever that they would start talking and say more than three or four words. Oh, I wish you still had this thing. Shut up, fool. Oh. If we find a Mr. T soundboard right now, this show will mm-hmm. never end. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, our top story from Wednesday, very sadly, was the the murder-suicide, in hindsight, of the Virginia reporter, cameraman, and then the guy who killed them, killing himself. Um, I don't think we need to get into the news because I think everybody knows what that news was, and it was very sad. It did spark an interesting short conversation about using 911 call tape on the radio. And that's sort of being a point of contention for Luke and Andrew in their Cairo days. Um, well, I, I, I wonder too, just what Luke does. Why is this public domain information? I mean, because you're, it just seems like a very vulnerable time. I mean, they've used that stuff all the time on the crime shows that Emily watches, but I'm just not sure why as general public, we need it. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's that's just a classic situation of where the boundaries are drawn and and how they were drawn. The the free press content stuff is not decided by what you need; it's decided by what you don't need. And so, 
everything's available until someone argues that something's not necessary versus nothing is available and nobody argued that it was necessary. It's messy. I mean, I, I agreed with the notion that if there's this running issue of ineffective response or whatever, that, that a reporter needs to be able to go in and listen to three years of back tapes to analyze them. It's really hard to take case by case what's important journalistically and what isn't. I mean, that would be a would be a hell of a headache for attorneys for the law enforcement people. So I'm sure this is just like the body cameras where some places are saying, we're just going to make all of the video available, but we're going to blur all of it just to make sure that we technically have it available. And also that we don't get screwed by someone who didn't want to be on film. Christy, right. you have a friend who uh, is a 911 operator. How mm-hmm. does she feel about um, her her calls being available to the public? That is a really good question. I'll get back to you. I'll ask her and get back to you. I should have asked her this week. Oh, we officially have a follow-up file now. I like it. Yeah. There we go. But what I do know is that um, when my friend was murdered, not the same one, um, that that kind of came into play. Calls that went to her cell phone, um, 911 calls, police inquiries came into play in the murder trial because her husband just never did any of that stuff. That was my favorite part of that whole thing is, <laughs> is the guy claimed to have not killed his wife yet. He never called her. After he <laughs> right. Well that, and also his 911 call, he just seems pretty nonchalant. Yeah. I haven't right. seen her and you know, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was supposed oh. to come somewhere. Hasn't an answered her phone. Groceries. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> potential stalkers take note. If you can figure out what case we're talking about and you can <laughs> somehow find the audio from the trial of that case and you can listen to all of it, you will hear Christie's cell phone number in the testimony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. I remember that uh, from the time I went and found it. So... <laughs> <laughs> Are you that number that keeps sending me those photos? Hmm. I mean, don't uh, stop, but I just need to know who it is. Yeah, he's, he's the one who's been texting you the photos. I've been faxing you. The okay. That, so okay. the fax machine is full of mine, but your texts are full of Bobby's. Right. It's just show sheet dick pic. Show sheet dick pic yeah. on the fax machine. <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, we talk about Burger King's feeble attempt to get more attention than McDonald's or at least as much by coming and joining forces to build a one day Mick Whopper, hmm. uh, which obviously failed because McDonald's knows better. Uh, I actually like Burger King a lot more than I like McDonald's, but I don't blame. Oh, McDonald's. the Whopper's good. Yeah. Whopper's not a bad sandwich. Uh, it's almost as good as a McDLT. Mm, those were so good. I miss those too. Yeah. Well, would you guys try a Mick Whopper? Sure. Whatever that means. Well, I mean, I don't eat. We just had a conversation about the Nordic Lodge earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't eat a lot of burgers at fast food places. If I'm going to do that, I usually tend toward the chicken, but a good Whopper once in a while is good. I assume what's a McWhopper? Just a Whopper with special sauce and an extra bun? Yeah, I'd imagine that. I, and and to mm-hmm. me, um, it's the Whopper Junior with cheese. That is the ticket. I, I, wouldn't, I don't even eat a full-size Whopper, so there's no way I'm eating a McWhopper. Right. Yeah, it's just too but, much cheap beef. Yeah, too McDonald's, much. McDonald's um, response was pretty great. 
Yeah. Yes. Oh, they definitely put Burger King in their place with that. That was mm-hmm. good. It was like it was like a little pat on the head and a glass of water and put Burger King back to bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do like to think that we are the podcast that keeps the hot side hot and the cold side cold. Well, yeah. Oh, I mean, oh. my takes are hot and then you guys are ice cold. <laughs> uh, blame the environmentalists, of course, because that was like pounds and pounds of styrofoam packaging on every McDLT. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a lot of packaging. <clears throat> I think that's what I enjoyed about it. It looked like a big deal. Right. <laughs> it was giant. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it was double the packaging. And none of it comes in styrofoam. Now, they could bring back the McDLT now because... They they have, I assume, sort of biodegradable cardboard something or other packaging. It could be like those straws at Taco Time that just disintegrate when you put them into your drink. <laughs> <laughs> Made out of potato starch or something. Right. And I know, because I went last time I was there and I broke a straw. They could make it work if they wanted to, but I think the world has moved on. Um, and before we move on, there was an email about a digital underground song from previous night in the week that sounded like a danish group i sort of heard it my question is mike why do you have a note about jim Beheim? <laughs> well when when I, my heritage is is danish a large part of my heritage is danish on my uh, mother's side uh but i don't understand the language very well and it just sounded to me like they were saying jim Beheim over and over in <laughs> in that language they're just really big Syracuse Orangeman fans. Yeah. They're real big Jim Beheim apologists. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's retiring in like three years. So yeah, retiring. Jesus <laughs> Christ, that guy should uh, forget about. It. Let's not get involved. That's for me and Stu in TBTL Extra Pointless coming up soon. Right. We'll talk about Jim Beheim. <laughs> On a Thursday, 1935, Jesse versus Cancer. This is the first day of Andrew's vacation. And filling in for him is the thoughtful, considerate, funny, charming, and by all means setting the bar too high for Andrew's return, uh, <laughs> Jesse Case. <laughs> um, I know we didn't take a lot of notes for this episode. I, I don't think that there's any summary that really does it justice. I think if there's anyone right. listening to this show that for whatever reason is not listening to TBTL, A, good on you. And B, go listen to Thursday's episode of TBTL. So uh, especially if you're a female, because boy, the females were just fawning all over him over this thing. So it made me sort of jealous. You know, I go on there and I tell my story and I barely get any play. This guy, one day, all the ladies are just swooning over this guy. So Yes, Mike, well, you have found I- the kryptonite to your prison stories. <laughs> Yes, the cancer story. That's like the that's like the guy standing on the chair with the winning domino ready to come down and send all the dominoes flying. He has the ass cancer story. Well, how great was it when Luke said what's the what is the most annoying thing that people say to you? And he said, Come on my podcast. I mean I'm fucking dying here and you want me to come on your podcast? And he kept going on and Luke just did he not get it? I don't know. He was making fun of Luke. Maybe Luke just wasn't ready for that. Okay. Well, I think, I think when you have someone on and they're telling their cancer story and they start busting your balls, um, if, if you think, even if you think that they're not busting your balls, even if you think that they're, they're actually mad about coming on your podcast, you kind of got to let them run. 
Right. You know, so I think he was just being on the cautious side. But yeah, he clearly, as a listener, I knew his balls were being busted. <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't even laugh. And so then it became really uncomfortable. Right. For Jesse. Yes. Right. As if I Jesse only wasn't care about the guy with cancer. Right. <laughs> right. A couple of notes from before Jesse came on. Just an acknowledgement that the Satanist guy was an actor. Congratulations, Luke. And uh, an email from a Christian in response to whether or not Christians were offended to the Satanist tape. And the Christian basically says, uh, and I wish I remembered his or her name and I don't. So I'm sorry, but this person basically writes, well, no more offended than I am generally about race or gender because of this show. All right. Yeah. But it was funny. And I thought that was good. And then, uh, well, you know, it's all right to be offended all the time. As long as you realize that you're being offended all the time. Right. So I thought it was a, a good choice email from that. I'm sure I'm sure there were plenty of emails in response to that that weren't great to read on the air, and Luke picked a good one. Uh, yeah, go listen to Jesse vs. Cancer. And I haven't listened to his show, Jesse vs. Cancer, uh, but I do want to. I think everyone I've heard from who has has really liked it. So take that podcast recommendation from three people who haven't listened to it yet, Jesse vs. Cancer. <laughs> Friday, 1936, funky smells and I think I, did I write this down wrong? Funky sounds and funkier smells. I think that was it. Uh, we start, uh, with Stubot filling in on the second chair in lieu of Andrew. Um, he's no Jesse case, but he's good enough for a Friday. Uh, and we open up with a reference to Airwolf and Luke telling us that after the show, he's going to listen to Huey Lewis from Kevin's parents rv parked just outside the show i mean can you imagine the ticket prices i mean there's no way i would pay to listen to huey lewis at the state fair or wherever he is it's just i'm sure it's outrageous but he needs a new drug someone has to pay for it mm -hmm. and the heart of rock and roll is still beating and well, fuck with I'm the help out of, of the good folks of, at pfizer i'm sure his <laughs> The heart of rock and roll is still beating. Yeah. <laughs> um, I appreciate a good tailgate, and so I could totally see myself hanging out in someone's RV just outside of Huey. Yeah, Lewis that would have been really fun. That would yeah. have been really fun. Yeah, just the wafts of pot smoke and uh, you know, old people coming over the fence. You have to be really careful about that, but otherwise, he'd be fine. Mm -hmm. When are they going to rename that band the Old News? <laughs> <laughs> Here's my thought. Um goes back to my orchestra days a lot of times when bands uh tour and they come to a city to play with like an orchestra circuit they just hire local musicians to fill it out like they don't bus around an entire orchestra um the two or three headliners come and then the background people are just people in tuxes you don't care who they are maybe there isn't even a the news maybe huey lewis just goes mm -hmm. from town to town and just like grabs a session bassist and drummer and is like just play these three chords over and over again. We'll make it work. Yeah. I, it doesn't seem to be high art. I think a good musician could probably learn most of the catalog in an afternoon. Right. Exactly. I'm guessing it's not a challenge. Anyone who started their career in a bad bar cover band already knows all the songs. Uh, so we move on True. to uh, Luke looking back on Thursday, being concerned about the amount of swearing that Jesse case did on the show uh, with his ass cancer of the ass. That does make sense. 
Uh, and also, it, just a full recap, Chris Hayes endorsing it as the episode of the week, which I think was premature before listening to Friday. Sure. Right. <laughs> I mean, how do you know, Chris Hayes? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of media Who are expert, you? are you? Anyway. <laughs> Top story, Staten Island stinks. Um, they spent about 10 seconds on that story before drifting into a conversation about Twitter privilege. Um, what remind me what's, what's the Twitter privilege. This is, um, when you have a lot of followers, you're, you're going to get some retweets and some love. Oh, no matter what right. you, write. you could write anything and right. somebody's going to give you a courtesy retweet that, or just, that's true. Amazing. Hey, you know, guys, I am, I am right on the fringe of Twitter privilege. I'm not there yet. I still have to write something funny or stupid or something right. to get a reaction. But I feel like I'm right on the edge. I think if I can get to a thousand followers, I think I'm like 28 away. I think that's the point where you have at least two or three people that automatically favorite everything that you do. And I'm really looking forward to that sort of blind validation. So <laughs> if you don't so follow me on Twitter, that. I'm just, I'm, yes, I need it. I, come on. Um, I actually want to make a point. Um, You've made the case before, Mike, that you need more Twitter followers because you have about one-tenth of the following of Luke, and you're convinced right. that you're more than one-tenth as funny as Luke. So Yes. I'm at least 1.7 on the 10 funny. If Luke is 10, I'm at least 1.7. So that would mean like 170 followers is where I think I truly belong. Right. So I was thinking about this. I have – I'm going to pull it up right now so that I can get you the real-time stat – I have 94 followers. Is this so among I, all of your all of your um, fake accounts and your your parody accounts? Most Does this of include all are, of them, or is most of those are not counted here? This is my actual at RLP. Okay. I have 94 followers, which is about one tenth of what you have, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like to think that I am more than one tenth as funny as you are. And more than one one hundredth as funny as Luke yeah. is. I think you can make um, gains faster as well because it would just take like three or four people, right. and that's a big percentage gain for you. Right. And if I could get all the Bobo and Johnny related accounts to follow me, I could probably double my numbers. <laughs> yeah, that's twenty right there. So, hey uh, guys, how do you check how many Twitter followers you have? Just on, uh, your, should be a on your Twitter page. page. Get home. Oh. Yeah. That's how so. much I like really care about this stuff. <laughs> Everybody I can look it up for you. I need the validation. Okay, please do. Uh, Mike wants to get over 1,000 followers. I would like to get over 100 followers. Uh, so I'm uh, Christy, you have the most followers of any of us. You have 1,071 followers. <clears throat> Woohoo! How many of that are real? <laughs> oh, I don't know. There might be there might be a lot of Armenians. There might be a lot of uh, Latvians here. Okay. Um, I don't know. If, did you ever get gifted some followers from your, your good did, friends over about, at Eureka? No, Jeremy did it like two years ago. Okay. Well, those Eastern uh, European eggs they hang on. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody's bought me any followers, and I don't want them to. Um, yeah, me neither. Please don't. Uh, and I don't want shameless plugging, but I'm going to do it anyway. At RL Pape. Get me over 100, guys. Um, 
I've been tweeting more lately. I've been trying. I had a funny little encounter with Amazon this morning delivering toilet paper on a Sunday morning to my house. Uh, mm. And in fact, just while we're talking, the Amazon help account, which I imagine is fake, just tweeted at me and wrote, it's better to be concerned when it's not needed than to have it arrive late when it's crucial. So That's true. Yeah, I retweeted that. So that's what you get if you go follow me on Twitter. <laughs> They I were was afraid gifted. they were to get that charm into you, right? I mean, is that you got toilet paper? Right? Well, this the I problem was, is a I paid for this, okay. b it's AngelSoft, so oh yeah. I, I was gifted a case of I was gifted a case of AngelSoft from one of our listeners at work this week. Really? Oh. Mm-hmm. Are you going to walk was, out with that under your arm on your last day? I, <laughs> I said, "Good day, sir." That's what I'm going to do and walk out. Me and my friend Angelsoft are leaving. Uh, <laughs> That's the last time you've shit on me and I'm going. <laughs> um, in this conversation about Twitter, which, by the way, Stewbot, hashtag hire Stu, is better at Twitter than all of us combined, including Luke. Yeah, true. Um, and he's at Randball's Stew. So everybody go follow him and then use the hashtag hire not, Stew. We get a- not rear end balls, as I thought it was. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Ew. That'll fill up your timeline. I've been down that road. <laughs> yeah, Andy Hing shirtless is far too long of a handle. Yeah, it um, is. Uh, Luke, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> You're not a nice lady. People are fools. <laughs> uh, Luke makes the comparison that he loves the Mariners on Twitter like Ike loves Tina, which I thought mm. was really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he was just surmising that anyone looking at his Twitter feed would assume he hates the Mariners, which is why he thought that Stu was a Green Bay Packers fan because Stu spends a lot of time shitting on the Packers. Well, to be a Mariners fan, a lifetime Mariners fan is a lot of frustration. Um, I've let go of a lot of that. In fact, I, when I was a kid, I liked that the Mariners were terrible every year because you could just go and collect up all the balls during batting practice and right. you could sit wherever you wanted. Um, so there was a comfort in them being terrible, but at a certain point, like after about 20 years of them not winning, it got frustrating. And I went through a, a period that Luke is going through now. It just, you get really angry. Um, and it's not fun. So I'm hoping that now that Fernando Rodney and Jackie Z are gone, we will, um, we'll get some guys that'll make Luke smile again and we'll make him look forward to sitting on one of his many wooden boats and listening to the game. <laughs> uh, they move into a conversation about the worst smells they've ever smelled because of the Staten Island story. Um, Stubots is pretty lame, just old rotting garbage. Luke tells one of his pl- plumbing shop stories and mentions um, the dead shop cat being the worst thing he's ever smelled. Um, I'm uh, not prepared for this i don't have a worse smell story i meant to and i just forgot so i don't know what the worst thing i've ever smelled is i worked at a boy scout summer camp in far too much heat and i think i've discussed <laughs> on a show or two things that happen in the in the showers and bathrooms boy scout camp in the middle of summer i'm sure it's somewhere on that list do you guys have a worse smell story christy Oh, um, probably having to do something with cleaning up Ellie poop. <laughs> mm. 
I remember how There's pissed a... you got at me when I fed her garlic fries at the Mariners. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this was, I have a really terrible story. Um, it's now a matter of public record if you want to go back and read court documents, but I don't really want to get into it on this because it's a really funny and then really super sad story. Well, let's, let's save that for premium content. Uh, okay. <laughs> stalkers, when you're done finding Christie's phone number in that murder trial transcript, <laughs> go look for... Not, not creepy at all, by the way. Not <laughs> no. creepy at all. You can move on to finding that other story. Uh, Mike, what the hell is uh, Island I, Mouse? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's the worst smell, but it was the most unexpected. It was a bad smell. Um, when I was growing up, in fact, until a few years ago, my family had a cabin on Lopez Island in the San Juans. And my mom was a teacher, an English teacher. So she had summers off and we would spend, she would always spend most of her summer on the island and I would spend a lot of time there and my dad would come up when he could. And, um, I think, uh, I was getting, getting on to be about 16, 17 years old and um, oh, I remember why I, I had to leave the cabin a couple weeks early the summer before my senior year because I was going to a Catholic school and those schools started earlier than public schools. Public schools in Washington start late. They start after Labor Day, but the Catholic schools started earlier. So I left and when, um, so my mom had to winterize the cabin when she left in like late August, she had to, um, turn the water off and drain everything and put antifreeze in this and, you know, do all the things that you need to do to make sure that the pipes don't explode and all that. But one year she did a little something extra because we'd been having problems with mice during the winter. She, uh, before she left, she set out a bunch of traps. Um, and I think it was probably like three or four weekends into into school when I went up there with some friends for the weekend to party and we walked in and there were, um, dead mice in every trap being eaten by uh, maggots. Uh, oh. and most uh. of them were in the pantry. The pantry smelled horrendous. So, uh, I didn't throw up, but, uh, it was close. Um, I did, uh, I put a clothespin on my nose, old, old uh, cartoon style and I swept all that stuff out onto the deck and collected it and got rid of it. But <clears throat> wow. Um, my mom, wonderful person. Um, just not a woman of science, very much a woman of, uh, of English teaching. <laughs> did, just thought she was taking care of the mouse problem, which she did. But then, then we had a little maggot and fly problem. Yeah. Man. So how many of our listeners download Monday morning and then listen over their lunch waiting for the Monday night TBTL? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're welcome. That's all I have to say. Um, yes. Twins.com <laughs> is not available to Major League Baseball to buy because it's owned by a couple of twins. Barney Rubble looking motherfuckers, according to Stu. Um, twins.com one of three yeah. major league baseball names that major league baseball can't get their hands on I and love this story so much 
Well, the one of them is Ray's because of Ray's Boathouse in Seattle. But I'm wondering why Ray's Boathouse just doesn't take the money and go with Ray's Boathouse. Right. Ray'sBoathouse.com, Ray's.biz, Ray's.rodeo. <laughs> you could take that money. They would take, I'm sure they would give them a lot of money for it. Um, I don't know. Um, TBTL.com is currently at $19,950, at least according to the website uh, for a possible asking price right now. Uh, so I'm okay with tbtl.net. <laughs> well, I'm sure that the more hits that tbtl.net gets, the higher that goes. Because I remember when it was about $2,000. Right. Nobody knew that TBTL was going to be on the ground floor of something when it was getting canceled from the radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, LukeBurbank.com, by the way, redirects to Infinite Guest. I just tried it to see what would happen. And Demon Spit, I don't remember. But for a while, wasn't it a band or something like Demon's Pit? I seem to remember that at one point Demon's Pit was a thing. And that was one of the reasons that Demon's Pit was no longer available. Uh, Demon's Pit, I don't know. But um, LukeBurbank.com goes to IG. So somebody over at Infinite Guest figured that out and logged in to make that happen. Um. You can find us at littlebitbandwagon.com and you can find me at robertpape.com. Bobby, didn't you on Friday night, didn't you uh, put Stubot on the list of, or actually make him the list of famous people from Hector, Minnesota? (laughs) Yes, I did. Is that Um, still there? I don't know. Let's find out right now in real time. So Wikipedia has an article about Hector, Minnesota, the hometown, home city of 1,151 people, including uh, Stubot. And if you go to the Wikipedia page for Hector, Minnesota, under notable there people, he is. there's a bullet list of one name, Steve Newman. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I don't know how long this is going to last. I think the trick for Wikipedia is usually to cite as many things as possible. Because if it sure. looks legit, it won't get flagged as quickly. <laughs> sure. So sure. I've got it linked out to his Twitter feed. Um, I've got a, a footnote on Minnesota Post, Min Post, to an yeah. article of his. It looks legit. This looks really good. Right. And the sportive Minnesota's leading independent sports podcast. I'm just guessing on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, why, why not? not? So uh, I'm hoping it gets a higher. you've heard about. So. Right. Hashtag hire stew. <laughs> Uh, if we have any Wikipedia editors who listen to this show, and I bet we do, please be kind. <laughs> um, emails. Heidi from Minnesota actually just writes in our, our Latin correspondent to let us know that planta means soul of foot. So good going there on Luke. Uh, and Anne writes in to tell us about misophonia, which is the fear and hatred of people who eat on the air. I thought it was fear and hatred of people who eat two different kinds of Asian soups. <laughs> Do either of you guys have this thing, hating hearing people eat? Not to the point of a condition. If Jeremy's listening this far in, he should put a rim shot in on that for Mike, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you if you did that, Jeremy. Yeah, I, I hate it. I hate the eating stuff. <clears throat> but it's not a phobia. I'm not going to turn off the show. And I am one of those people, though, that Luke is trolling when he does it. Right. I think he knows he's trolling you. That's all. Yeah. 
Uh, music for your weekend stew brings us snakeskins deer hunter uh or rather deer hunters snakeskin excuse me uh luke brings us some huey lewis with if this is it which i have to admit is a jam you know it is i enjoyed that mm-hmm. uh and bruce and lake stevens with the guest chair on the music for your weekend pick brings us now by mates of state so go add those now, two playlists i really hate music you guys know this but i did like bruce's song and uh, as Bruce mentioned in his email, that's a pretty big aside for him from his usual death metal suggestion. <laughs> yeah. When I heard Bruce had a recommendation, I almost stopped the show right then. But then for some reason, I let it go and enjoyed the song a lot. Uh, with that, folks, that was your week of TBTL, the week that was uh, in housekeeping. Um, I already made my plea for Twitter followers. Um the archive project. If you did not listen to Saturday's show, Meredith is one of our archivists. She finished her first week already because she's a gold star student. And in fact, the clip of the week she brought us was from that week of shows. Um, well, she, she couldn't come on our show and not have done her job. I think by having her on, we sort of forced her hand into doing her archiving. So, Hey, whatever gets, I think job. we so, need to hold that over over future guest heads. I need to get a week done before we get them. on. I, I I actually like this idea because people are slacking. There there's a couple gold star students um, like Meredith and Bob Stein and Miley. Those are my favorites this week, and they've already taken a second and a third week. And then there's some people that are just sitting on their weeks. We need to start calling them out. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Let's start. That's with- our style, right? That's our style. Yes. We'll just call them out. We need to start yeah. giving prizes to the people that are doing their job. Their free <laughs> job that they volunteered right. to do. Let's keep that in <laughs> mind. <laughs> uh, so I think with that, archivists keep up the good work or start the good work. If you haven't yet, please, mm-hmm. please. Uh, Mike, why don't you tell us how we can get involved? Absolutely. You can go to littleredbandwagon.com. Um, that is uh, part of the 10710 network. Um, you can look at, look us up on Facebook on the Stens, if that is your want, or on the LRB page. Um, I'm going to start posting a lot of show-related content only to the LRB page because I just don't want it to get buried on the other page. And I want people to be rewarded for following us more closely than the Stens page. Our personal Twitters, we gave out those, um, except for uh, Kissy Eyes, that's Christy, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S, and then at Dadstronaut, that's Jeremy, and he's always doing something there, so <laughs> go follow him, I guess. Uh, show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Voicemail or text 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285. Uh, Christy, anything going on on uh, Nerd Out Loud this week? Um, we no, we just recapped kind of the proposal and that that kind of situation, and then we'll be recording soon, hopefully. And I don't know what that's about, as per usual, but I do have something <laughs> from our uh, follow up file. This is from yes. listener Jen about nine one one calls being um, being public. Wait a minute. You have she a follow-up said, file from earlier in this episode of Little Red Band? Yes, I'm, I'm that good. Um, she said, because 911 
is publicly funded. It has to be public information. And then when they start getting threatened or threatening other people, they have to constantly remind the people that it's a recorded line. And she said, but it's harder than you think to get a recording. You have to put in a request and, um, and it takes a, a long time to get it. But that, that's Washington. It seems to me that in LA, they just give those things out to anyone, right? Yeah, like they're on the news that night sometimes, it seems. Right, like. right. So well, that's, that's Hollywood that, because it's publicly funded. <laughs> yeah, because it's a taxpayer money and publicly funded, they have to. They have to release so that. So we stuff. deserve to hear to hear people's pain. Mm-hmm. That's right. You Make get sure the you normal calls you deserve. <laughs> go listen to that episode of Nerd Out Loud, people, because uh, Jeremy floats the idea of charging a cover at the wedding reception. <laughs> yes, Jeremy wants to charge $15 for the wedding and then have tip optional. Um, I told this to Emily and she was wondering if he wasn't aware that you can just return gifts and and get cash. You don't need to charge right. people. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> who knows? So if you want to hear what happens when you give Jeremy a microphone, listen to Nerd Out Loud. <laughs> yeah, he embarrasses himself consistently. Uh, and with that, uh, Christy, do your thing. Until next time, this is the next party. And I love you, Jane. It's at RL Pape. Oh, jeez. You really are only one tenth as fun. Um, so the whole story is Kevin Farewell sent me a case of toilet paper, a toilet brush, and then a sticker that says VIP seating that you're supposed to put on the back of your toilet seat. <clears throat> to work. You mean the one that you claim at work? Or or, the, or your own personal throne? My own personal one, I think. Ah. Hmm. And he addressed oh. it to the queen-elect of Poopskanistan. That's or what that was. I saw the sticker, yeah. but I didn't know the story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. What have we done? We're not going to ever make any money with this show, but we're all going to get toilet paper. <laughs> Nailed it.